Welcome to the Bridge Builder Program, an initiative of the Minnesota Catholic Conference where we help you bridge the gap between faith and public life. I'm Jason Adkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and joining me in studio is our producer and Minnesota Catholic Conference Communications Manager, Kit Cross. Hey, Kit. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you have a very blessed day. You can catch the Bridge Builder Program right here each week on your favorite Catholic radio station. But if you miss an episode, look for us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Just search for Bridge Builder Podcast. Each week, we try to bring you great interviews on issues impacting how we bring our faith into the public arena. We'll also answer your questions in our mailbag segment, and you can email those to us at show at mncatholic.org or contact us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And it wouldn't be the Bridge Builder if we didn't provide you with practical ways that you can start laying the bricks that build a bridge in faith and public life. The common good, as we say, is built brick by brick. And in fact, on that very theme, the common good is built by building common ground and finding common ground for the common good. In today's episode, we are blessed to have Steve Hunnigs from the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas. Steve is a dear friend over many years, and as our communities have worked together to find common ground for the common good, Steve's here to share a little bit about why the Jewish community values its relationship with the Catholic Church and why we work together in the public arena to build the common good. Steve has received his undergraduate degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and his law degree from the University of Minnesota. Prior to becoming executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council, he worked in the attorney general's office and in private practice. Together, the Jewish Community Relations Council and the Minnesota Catholic Conference are part of the Joint Religious Legislative Coalition, which also includes faith leader from the Islamic community and mainline Protestant Christian denominations. Later in the show, we'll have more details on an event at the Capitol on April 1st, hosted by the Joint Religious Legislative Coalition. But we are blessed to have in studio our friend Steve Hunnig. Steve, welcome to the Bridge Builder Program. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Kit. What a pleasure to be here this morning. As Jason says, we go back a long ways. Dear friends, a couple years ago, we celebrated your special birthday together. My 29th birthday. (laughs) I get to hear about the exploits of... Dominic and Anne-Marie and the whole family and Xavier and the MUP. So I feel very connected to you. (laughs) Wonderful. Steve, tell our listeners about the Jewish Community Relations Council. Uh, Why is it needed? What's its mission? We have geographical symmetry because Metropolitan Hebda Mm -hmm. in that capacity, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, as I like to say, 225,000 square miles of paradise, right, between our three states. That's right. So just a a point of information, metropolitan is another term that sometimes we talk about for the archbishop. Think of our mission in a number of areas, but of course, they're not necessarily discrete. One influences the other. Civil rights, combating anti-Semitism, Israel advocacy, community security, what you and Ethan Roberts do so wonderfully together, government affairs work, and the like. You know, within each of those silos, if you might say, although I don't like that term because that somehow connotes that they're not interconnected. There's a whole series of relationships. One can talk about the JRLC, the relationship with the Catholic Conference, relationship with the Minnesota Consulate Churches of the Muslim community, so on and so forth, the press, the universities, the schools. All these things are very important to us, and one should also mention Holocaust education as important to the JCRC. We're seeing a rise in anti-Semitism today. I think people, many people might be complacent and think that's something of the past, that we've learned the lessons of the Holocaust. But yet we're seeing globally and even locally, in some cases, shootings in synagogues, 
tell us about what how the Jewish community is feeling. I mean, obviously feeling negative about that, but what what are why do we see this emerging again? Far more often, our work is characterized by philo-Semitism. That mm-hmm. is the relationships and partnerships and brotherhood and sisterhood. Oftentimes, most times, it's that people want to work with us, reach out to us, etc. Nevertheless, as you correctly point out, particularly over the last couple of years, there have been spasms of violence involving the Jewish community, as other communities as well. We can mm-hmm. talk about Easter Sunday 2019, sure. the attack on the church in Sri Lanka, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the attacks on the mosques in uh, New Zealand, Christchurch, for instance. We can mm-hmm. talk about attacks a few years ago at the Sikh mosque in Milwaukee. You know, incidentally, is there any sign of greater depravity than attacking people at worship? I mean, this is a global issue sure. for all of us. indeed. To the Jewish community, yes, it's a deeply concerning. We worry about the fact that are we getting caught between a pincer of the violence of the left and the violence of the right? Mm-hmm. The violence of the right often associated with conspiracy theories. The violence of the left associated with, say, hatred of Israel, right? Sure. That's where we'd be careful. At the same time, we're grateful for the friendships we have with the Catholic Conference, for the wonderful people in this room, for law enforcement, uh, for the work that Dan Pleckenpole and Anthony Sussman do on our entire staff. What we have seen is, with community security, it's so relevant to so many communities that Dan Pleckenpole, now our full-time director of community security, and then this again goes to sort of the ethos of the JCRC, his ability to work with other communities, including the Catholic community on community security. It's a little bit of a riff on Wellstone. When we're all secure together, we're all better together, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So always keep that in mind. Yes, it's real, and there is danger. At the same time, we have to avoid what Professor Salo Barone would say is the lacrimosity of Jewish history. That is, somehow Jewish history is nothing more than a succession of pogroms, massacres, culminating in the Holocaust. That couldn't be further from the truth, by the way. It's an element, but we don't want that to characterize Jewish history. Indeed. You said a little bit about some of JCRC's principal initiatives, but just tell us about the day-to-day work that you do. Uh, it's wonderful work, whether it's Sioux Falls or Fargo or Minneapolis or coming over here in Golden Valley Road and being part of relevant radio and learning from Brian about the history of this the great network of Catholic broadcast and Catholic radio, talking to people, meeting with people, organizing our staff, writing, speaking, you name it. Uh, we're 8.5 people for about a $1.5 million budget plus mm-hmm. a whole slew of wonderful volunteers. But because we're relatively small and we have a significant mission over a large geographical area, None of us can be specialists, right? I, sometimes football metaphors. I understand you like sports, Jason Atkins. Is that true? Just a little bit. So it's a little bit. Sometimes you're being the you're being the coach, you're being the offensive coordinator, you're being the defensive coordinator, you're being a player, you're being general manager all at the same time. But that's why we love the work, mm-hmm. is you get a chance to uh, utilize all of your strengths and weaknesses. Right? Wear a lot of hats. I get to be a lobbyist and a radio host. There you are. Right? Look at that. There, there it is. Steve, you made a special point of engaging the Catholic community during your tenure as executive director of JCRC. Why is that important to you and JCRC? I see a picture of Pope John Paul II up on the wall, His Holiness. Let me read one sentence excerpt Please. from the note that he placed in March of 2000 on his millennial visit to Israel in Jerusalem at the Western Wall. He says, we wish to commit ourselves to genuine brotherhood with the people of the covenant. We know the long sweep of Jewish Catholic history with the church. There have been better times, there have been worse times. The trajectory, though, is significantly upward, particularly in the North American continent. In that sentence, 
is a measure of the distance we've come. Just let's break it down. People of the covenant. I mean, that implicates the Nostra Aetate, the mm-hmm. recognition that the Jewish covenantal relationship with God continues even in light of the Christian belief in the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Which is a huge advance mm-hmm. in the world. We can talk about the 50th anniversary of the Nostra Aetate and what it is that we did together. When a community reaches out in such a way, I remember you asked the question about tshuva and repentance and forgiveness and the like, it's our obligation, both at a familial level, we're cousins, we're brothers, we address each other as brother Jason, brother Steve, but it's also the right thing to do to reciprocate. We need to honor these efforts, both because that's the right thing to do, and it strengthens the bonds between Jews and Christians, as well as, hopefully, increases the sum total of love and tolerance in the world. It's just, at bottom, the right thing to do. There's a certain reality of being together and forming bonds of friendship and building those bonds of friendship is is good in and of itself. You know, Father Father Patrick Dubois, who's done so much important, wonderful mm-hmm. work, um, sort of discovering the killing fields and Correct, it's kind yeah. of a, a contradiction in terms. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, what term does he use to encapsulate what he tries to do? It's biachad, which is together in Hebrew and yunum, which is apparently together in in Latin. Correct. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. to your point, Jason, you have the combination of those words. But always emphasizing the positive, that's something that, that is a feature of our relationship, right? Let's look at the work that we've done together when I say together and done. Father Eric Rutten, we have to include Father Eric Rutten mm-hmm. because he's been such an important part of our trilogy, and I'll say that with a wink and a Correct, in my eye, yeah. our, our, own, our own trilogy. And you recall going to uh, Sioux Falls with uh, Bishop Swain, the mm-hmm. now retired Bishop Swain, uh, Bishop Fulda in Fargo, uh, of course, our beloved Archbishop uh, Hebda here in communal celebrations of the 50th anniversary and all the goodwill that that, cel- that that celebrates, as well as the teaching that we can do in connection with the Nostra Aetate. Mm-hmm. Say a little bit more about Nostra Aetate. That might be a term that's not mm-hmm. familiar to even our listeners. And uh, a do- an important document from the Second Vatican Council about the Church's relationship with non-Christian faiths, but really a watershed moment, as Steve was saying, for relationships between Christians and Jews. Say more about what that document meant to Jews at that time sure. and what it continues to mean in our relationship today. I hesitate to uh, talk about it or to explain a document of such important Catholic uh, teaching to Jason Adkins. Nevertheless, I'll give a little bit of a background. Nostra Aetate grew out of much of the ferment involved with Vatican II, and part of it was addressing the relationships of Catholics and Jews. And by 1965, and this had a long gestation period, as you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the the Church issued uh, the Nostra Aetate in our time, as I understand it, in Latin, three central points to it. One, anti-Semitism is sin against God. Two, the continuation of the Jewish covenantal relationship with God. And then three, the point that, let's get to my third point here. Uh, the deepening, the importance the, oh, of deepening of ties. And yes, and the rejection dialogue. of the canard of deicide against the Jewish people, too. Mm-hmm. In all three fundamentally Correct. important points. I mean, we need to recognize, and I recognize it only to say it in the in, with respect to the distance that we've come, that at one time the church's liturgy in particular was rife with anti-Semitism and supersessionism. We've come a long ways since that time, going back to your original question, why do we celebrate the relationship? And I look at the wall and around the studio and see the pictures of Pope uh, Benedict, Pope Francis, Pope John Paul II, and the important gestures. I don't mean to say that in a diminishing way because gestures are hugely important. Correct. In 
recognizing the brotherhood of Jews and Catholics and Jews and Christians. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And highlighting that the way in which those relationships have been forged and renewed and there's been a time of reconciliation, tell us about uh, your experience of celebrating Nostra Aetate on its 50th anniversary and the good collaboration that's happened between our communities. Really say a little bit about what's going on locally in this province. Sure. Let's talk about the fact that we, you and I, I just had this wonderful conversation with Rabbi Popko from Chicago, whose expertise in Catholic-Jewish relations, and I don't think we're disclosing a state secret here that at some point we'd like to organize a trip between our communities to Rome, mm-hmm. perhaps with addendum to Poland, and perhaps at some point maybe a Roman-Jerusalem trip. You know, we have, we have big ideas, right? Now we want to execute upon those ideas, but it reflects our common commitment Rabbi Popko was very impressed by you, Jason. There was no question that you couldn't answer about Polish history in in our little discussion. Flattery gets you everywhere, Steve. <laughs> in our teleconference. But you mentioned the JRLC, and that's an important point of work. Maybe I'm preempting your line here, but I just want to point out that our theme, maybe you mentioned it, for April 1, 2020 is serving the common good. And who's our keynoter? Archbishop Hebda. Indeed. And that's based on a quote from Pope Francis about mm-hmm. politics serving the common That's right. One of the highest forms of charity because it serves the common good. Exactly. So there we are in in celebration together. I mentioned, recall, our 50th anniversary dinner for the Nostra Aetate at the depot, and Amy Jill Levine, who was one of the great Jewish scholars of the Gospels, came Mm -hmm. and spoke to us. And I know how everyone is impressed by her knowledge of, of the Gospels. In fact, she has her book, a little bit of outside of our jurisdiction, but something that I commend to everyone, which is essentially uh, the Jewish guide for the Gospels, right? To better understand what it is that the Gospels are trying to teach through a Jewish lens. In a time of identity, politics and and political tribalism, cultural tribalism, people living in bubbles and sometimes silos, as you said, Steve, how can the Catholic-Jewish relationship perhaps be a model of civility, bridge building in public life, Say a little bit more about your thoughts on that. Sure. That this, this can be a model of reconciliation, but also building good things going forward. Right. A point, and I want to make sure I mentioned it, you know, the Basilica has also been a great friend, mm-hmm. and that also it's, it's part of the, the network of our cherished Catholic institutions. In this community, and this is a relationship that goes way back, particularly between Temple Israel and Rabbi Zimmerman and uh, f- former rector of the Basilica, Michael O'Connell. Correct. And the like, and... In 2005, they commissioned through Michael Dennis Brown and Stephen Paulus to be certain of the dawn, which is their Holocaust oratorio, which will be revived in October, September, October of this year, I believe, at Orchestra Hall. Excellent. What a community that can commission a work of art about the Holocaust and all of the themes that you talk about, mm-hmm. right, and address them so forthrightly and so beautifully. What a gigantic investment in community relations and now with the 75th anniversary of the end of of the war it will be i think reinvigorated correct come uh, mm-hmm. come this fall can't lose the memory right can't can't lose the memory but to your point about uh overcoming our natural inclination to be insular mm-hmm. right the importance is what is it that we can do together I always say Brother Jason is one of the great thinkers that I know. I'm much more of an incrementalist when it comes to thinking along. And I'm always trying to, what is it that we can do together? Is, this, is it mm-hmm. the trip to Rome, right? Mm-hmm. Is it our joint work on the JRLC, right? Is it uh, supporting 
immigrant rights in connection with making sure they have the ability to have a driver's license, right? Correct. Is it in connection with can we do something reasonably on the issue of gun violence, mm-hmm. red flag, uh, waiting periods, and the like? You know, trying to mold the consensus, bring people together, one sort of one piece at a time, and that's how our traditions can work together because there are so many similarities, right? Uh, you know, talk about even going back to the Gospels and the and the metaphor about uh, you know, the root and stem in Christianity and Judaism and the like. I, sh- I shouldn't talk Gospels in your presence, but no, no, I, re- I realize that goes back a long ways, mm-hmm. and it has, you know, has a to say the least, a multifaceted history. But we're going to celebrate sort of the right, the right inspiration from those comments. That's right. We have to see anti-Semitism as an attack, not just on yes, Jews, but precisely. on Christians as well. It's right. an attack on us and that rooted stem concept that you mentioned, Steve. And this, we were talking with Steve Hunnigs. He's executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas. This is the Bridge Builder Program, after all, and the Jewish and Catholic communities in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota have been very intentional about working together to find common ground for the common good. One important principle of Catholic social teaching is solidarity right? Uh, We all do better when we all do better, one might say. And it's important for us to have a sense of solidarity with our Jewish brothers and sisters and also hear about their concerns, what is affecting them, and listen to them, and then work in tandem and be advocates for them and join them as well. And Steve, you mentioned community security uh, as an important JCRC initiative, but what other initiatives and, and, and needs of your community do Catholics around our state need to know about? Go back to Nostra Aetate education for a second. I want to make this point. Back about the time of 2015, uh, we all went to Archbishop Hebda and said, you know, we're putting together this PowerPoint presentation so we can jointly teach about the Nostra Aetate. And always gracious with this time, Archbishop received it, in a way blessed it, and we've been able to use it in many different places. I just want to recite to you all of the Catholic high schools that have, been, Great. That have participated in our joint work in Nostra Aetate Education, St. Thomas Academy, Hill Murray, De La Salle, Holy Angels, Nativity of Our Lord. And God knows now that we're in 2020, we're going to do some Zoom work with Lords High School in Rochester and St. James Prep in Collegeville, too, mm-hmm. when it's not always convenient to travel. The point there is talk about solidarity. We're going to learn together mm-hmm. about these great advances in Jewish-Catholic relations with our future leaders, our, our students who attend Catholic school. So I think that's a great encapsulating point right there. Excellent. Excellent. Just understanding that history and building opportunities for reconciliation and common ground and working together and learning from one another too, right? I think uh, I always tell uh, my Catholic friends or just anyone generally that we understand, Catholics understand themselves better by having more contact with Jews, Jewish history, Jewish life. Um, You know, we we walk into our our churches and we see our tabernacles, but then you go into a synagogue and you see a tabernacle and both have the word. We consider it the word made flesh, but it's the word in your tabernacle and you see that red lamp in a synagogue and that's just so beautiful and moving, I think, for a Catholic. So if we don't know our Jewish roots, we don't know our own faith. And so that's why these dialogues and encounters are really important as well. To continue on your metaphor, Ner Tamid is what you see. It's above the Ark, the Arona Kodesh. Ner Tamid is the eternal light. Mm-hmm. We, both religions are guided by our eternal truths. And I want to say, we have these wonderful speakers from our JCRC, Speakers Bureau, Holly Broad Farber, Sally Abrams, David, Louis, Yishka Brucha, and, and the whole group. And by the way, I'll put in a pitch for them. Our Speakers Bureau, volunteer, 10, 12, 13, 14 people, led by Sally and Holly, 
five, 600 engagements mm-hmm. this year, many of them in Catholic institutions. So Great. feel free to contact the JCRC for a speaker about practically any Jewish subject. But I want to mention them in particular, Susie Greenberg, Laura Zell of our staff, who do so much work in Holocaust education, right? Another point, some of the things that we do interfaith or interethnicity, one might say, our indigenous our work, our relationship with the Native American community, our Holocaust education, Indian genocide, our country's difficult, horrible history with the Native population. Uh, come April 8th over at Allianz, we have Sam Mahara, who's written, who was interned in the camps in the Second World War as a Japanese-American who's written extensively on the subject. Just yesterday we had, make sure we fully recognize that the Protestant community, the Council of Churches and the like, have taken great strides in addressing issues over the past, too. We have to be in a Catholic venue talking about Catholic pieces, but we don't want to lead out our Protestant friends and neighbors, sure. too. American Swedish Institute, primarily and significantly a Lutheran institution, they're going to have a major exhibit on the kinder transport. That was the effort to save Jewish children from Germany and Austria in 1938 and 1939. We're going to be programming at the American Swedish Institute and our dear friend Bruce Karstedt. A lot of wonderful things happening, Jason, in this world. A lot of wonderful things, and that's a great uh, viewpoint uh, for our listeners to understand that the Jewish Community Relations Council is also bringing attention to persecution, genocide, and other communities, too. It's not simply uh, totally focused on Jewish life, but also bringing attention in the plights of injustice that others are facing True, and a true act of solidarity on your part. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. Steve, we've got time for one more question. I'd love for you to sit here all day, but... the recent new big news, and it's and it's amazing, really, on some level, why this is such a news generating item. But the Ar- Vatican archives mm. opening up uh, to, from the period of World War II during the pontificate of Pius the Twelfth. Lots of interest the, over the years. The Pious Wars, one might call them, about was Pius the Twelfth silent during the Holocaust? Um, the Washington Post had a headline: "Well, he was silent, but was he a collaborator?" Someone in my chair thinks that's almost absurd, based on the historical facts. But there's a lot of uh, interest in the opening of the archives. Why is that of interest in particular to Jewish observers? What happened during the Second World War with Pope Pius the Twelfth? Let me quote from the book "On Heaven and Earth" by um, Pope Francis when he was Jorge Mario Bergoglio. And Rabbi Abraham Skorka, his dear friend, the chief rabbi of Go to the text. Go to the text. Go to the text. Here's Rabbi Skorka writing, speaking, Mm -hmm. quote, Now, with respect to the actions of Pope Pius XII during the Shoah, Hebrew word for Holocaust, it is very difficult to form a conclusive opinion because people have written both for and against him. Correct. What what does Pope Francis, then the Archbishop of Buenos Aires, write? He said, What you have said about opening the archives relating to the Shoah seems perfect to me. They should be open and clarify everything. So I am here to urge people, and much has been written on both sides, as you suggest, to allow history unfold. Pope Francis has said we are not afraid of history, right? And I see, I understand the positions both sides take. What I'm about to say, I'm not embracing any one position, but maybe help to uh, put a finer point on this discussion. It's all in the service of truth, right? Right, exactly. Now you'll have people who will say, in fact, Golda Meir wrote a letter to to this point, Thousands were saved in churches and monasteries and near the Vatican City itself Correct. by um, by friends of the church, perhaps at the inspiration of uh, Pope Pius XII. We'll find out. We'll find out. Won't yeah. we? Mm-hmm. Others have suggested, including leading historians, why wasn't the voice of the church articulating the enormous, the enormous crime Correct. of the Shoah, 
right? Maybe they're a good reason. What did they know? When did they know it? That's right? it. That's the question. That's right? the question. Yeah. Now, the historians have begun their work. Let us allow them to participate in the deliberative process. People will draw different conclusions from different archives that are unearthed. But the fact that it's happening, that we're accessing, that Pope Francis has made this part, has made honoring this commitment an important part of his papacy, right? Mm-hmm. Papacy is something that's important in and of itself. So I think at some point, we should have further discussions about this topic on your, Indeed, on, your, on, your, on your wonderful show because we need to talk about painful chapters. And maybe there's joy within pain and pain within joy. We'll find out. That's we? right. That's right. What lessons can be learned regardless of what the history shows us? What lessons can be learned from that? What, how can our communities continue to build bridges and go forward, but recognizing some of those painful moments and those injustices and that, that opening of that archive, which it, the main reason it hadn't opened until now is because it hadn't been organized, right? So people needed to go through and organize it so that it could be studied usefully and carefully in an efficient manner. So we'll see what transpires from that. Steve Hunnigs, you've blessed us with your presence today. Thanks for the work uh, that you do building bridges in our communities, and thanks for the work of the Jewish Community Relations Council. It's been a delight to have you on The Bridge Builder today. Thank you, Jason, and thank you for the wonderful partnership with the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and thank you, Kit, for all of your help today. And we'll be back in a moment with our mailbag segment. The St. Joseph Business Guild, supporting Catholic families by connecting Catholic business owners to workers and customers. By joining the St. Joseph Business Guild, you'll be able to connect with all our members, access our pages for job postings, job seekers, mentors, and an online business directory. We also host retreats, lectures, liturgies, and networking events. The St. Joseph Business Guild is your chance to network with other Catholics, start a business, find a better job, find employees, and find or become a mentor. Join the St. Joseph Business Guild to help build a Catholic community that helps one another. Welcome back to The Bridge Builder, where we help you connect your Catholic faith and public life. I'm Jason Atkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and now it's time to delve into our mailbag to hear what comments and questions you've been sending to our producer, Kit Cross. Kit, what have you got in the mailbag segment today? The Minnesota Catholic Conference has informed Catholics across the state about a bill to support funding for emergency shelters. We asked people in our Catholic Advocacy Network to contact their legislators asking for their support. So after receiving the action alert from the Catholic Conference, some of our listeners, they just want to know more about the bill and what can be done to help the homeless in our state. Well, housing, homelessness, these are all ongoing challenges. One could say that there's a homelessness crisis right now. Um, There's many, many reasons for that, whether economic, whether related to substance abuse or addiction or personal problems, mental health concerns, you name it. But it's a reality in our communities and what are we going to do to protect people in their basic dignity. We, we're we learning uh, more and more that housing is that kind of linchpin around which a bunch of issues turn. It's like a fulcrum. If you don't have a safe place to lay your head, how can you start even to begin to get your life in order? And at the most dire need, there's the question of emergency shelters. Those shelters exist around the state to provide 
again, that very basic uh, level of dignity is someone's a safe uh, place to lay their head at night while they hopefully can get their feet back on the ground and have eventually a transition into temporary housing and start rebuilding their lives again or getting the assistance that they need. And our urge, emergency shelters are they're stretched thin. And so emergency support, support or emergency service grants, what those do is provide capacity for uh, emergency shelters to better serve clients, to provide emergency services when those are needed, to expand capacity that they can use for beds and different things like that. So emergency services grants are really important. What a coalition of housing advocates are asking for are $15 million in emergency service grants over this next biennium um, on top of what's already being funded. And so a lot of that's funded by private donations, of course, but with more public assistance, those shelters can do more. So again, to take action, to learn more, mncatholic.org. We also have a couple other action items, tips to start building the bridge between faith and politics, what do you have in our bricklayer segment? Well, always trying to provide people with opportunities to get involved and get engaged, and especially to come to the Capitol in a really great event coming up that's done in partnership with the Jewish Community Relations Council is the Joint Religious Legislative Coalition. They're hosting their Day on the Hill on April 1st. Um, more information about that can be found at jrlc.org advocate for policies that help the poor and the vulnerable, especially questions around housing. And Archbishop Bernard Hebda will be this year's keynote speaker. Again, for more information to register, jrlc.org and click on Day of the Hill. Thanks so much for tuning in today to The Bridge Builder. We'll be back again next week with another great guest, more of your comments and questions, and a new way for you to build bridges between faith and public life. I'm Jason Adkins, and for Kit Cross, the Minnesota Catholic Conference, thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.